Welcome back to Martins and More. My name is Mari Rutsch. And I'm Spoon Phillips. And we have 45 things to talk about today, Spoon. What's going on? <laughs> well, it is going to be a very nice day talking about one of the iconic guitars ever made, one of the iconic musical instruments ever made. Very nice. The Martin D45. Buckle up, folks. It's going to be a really good show. And we have to thank our good friend Colin for suggesting this episode. We hope you enjoy it. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, mate. Uh, Colin is an Englishman. Um, and I would say, uh, publicly for the record, he is the reason I follow West Ham United. He grew up near uh, the old West Ham Stadium in East London, though he now lives in the West Country and has himself some mighty fine left-handed Martins. So thanks, Colin. Uh, it was great to hear from you, and I really appreciate the suggestion. Go football. <laughs> I am so excited to talk about this guitar because I finally have one. That's right. Mari, Mari, Mari Ruch has a D45 that his better half, Lori, basically gave him for Christmas. Better half? That's debatable. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Don't call for a vote. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we just checked with everyone and it's not debatable. <laughs> so congratulations. And, uh, and from what I've heard already on um, the shows you've been putting up on YouTube, you've got a spectacular one, which I guess one would expect with a Martin D45. Thank you so much. I really am blessed. I'm having so much fun with it. And depending on how well you know me from real life or from these programs, I have always, always wanted a D45. Ever since I found out about Martin Guitars, that was the top of the mountain. And I won't tell you that I've struggled and reached for it and spent 30 years trying to get one, literally. But as soon as I recognized what a Martin guitar is, that's the one that I had in the back of my mind. Someday I'm going to have one of them. Fast forward to 2003, we become a Martin guitar dealer. That wasn't the first order of business. And a lot of you guys listening to this show, if you own your own business, you recognize the first thing you do is not start buying toys for yourself. So that wasn't on my radar early. But I could not let any more time go by when I finally had the opportunity to drop the necessary hints, <laughs> we can get into the nuts and bolts of it along the way through this program. But I got to tell you, when I finally knew that I had to finally make this dream a reality, I'm extremely, extremely lucky that my wife did not disagree. You said it. You said it. So I, uh, I know there's a, a lot of guitar lovers out there who have wives that are not necessarily as enthusiastic or supportive but uh, but you know there are others there certainly are but you certainly have a winner and uh, and you now own a winner in that d45 so uh, what what is the year of production of this d45 this is a 2021 we took delivery of this early 2022 but the guitar was built in 2021. Oh, that's fascinating. It could be a trivia question, but I, I kind of gave the answer before I gave the question. As you know, Spoon, an interesting thing about production at Martin, as soon as the guitar neck is chosen for the build, it's given a serial number, it's matched up with the body of the guitar, and then they both go their separate ways for weeks and months. It's entirely possible the guitar was being built in December of 2021, not completed until 2022. That's going to have a 2021 number. 
Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um, and that's very common when it comes to guitars that are stamped at the end of the year. And uh, makes me think back to 1929 when they made the first OM28s. There were 11 that were stamped in 1929. Doesn't mean they weren't, you know, all finished in 1929 and ended up in some dealer's hands. You know, that model didn't appear in the catalog until 1930. But so same thing with your guitar. So it was made late 2021, or at least it was stamped in late 2021. That's very cool. So, Mari, maybe you should tell us now that you are a bona fide member of the Order of the Lucky Dog and a verified registered owner of a Martin D45, <laughs> all about the Martin D45 and what you love about it and why you wanted to get one and and what you've learned since you've been able to play one so frequently. Well, before I go further, you must be an honorary member of the Lucky Dog to listen to this program. So if you don't own a D45, <laughs> cover your ears. <laughs> of course, I'm kidding. No, 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 no. Not true, not true. <laughs> but please, you have the floor. Thank you. All you have to do to listen to this program is to share a love for the D45 that, like we do. And this is a guitar... It's not very far off from an HD28, a D41, a D42. Most of these podcasts, Spoon and I spend a lot of time dealing with the facts, the figures, all the specifications, and some of that still holds true for what I love about my D45, but more of it is really just the emotion of it and always wanting something. And I'll be really transparent. Back in November of 2022, Martin sent out a bulletin to the dealer network telling us, effective November 1st, 2022, Martin can no longer guarantee Sitka spruce tops. Production models from Martin that are spec'd for a Sitka spruce top could have either Sitka spruce or Lutz spruce. And that's the topic for its own podcast some other day. But the point being, if I wanted to buy a D45 and guarantee that I was going to get one the way that they've been doing it, and of course that, that could be traced backwards. If I'm being really picky, we can go back to one Brazilian changed to East Indian. We can go back to when Adirondack changed to Sitka. But long story short, I got it in my mind, wait, what if I don't act now and I wait another couple of years and I get a guitar that has a Lutz spruce top? Doesn't mean it's going to automatically be worse, but it's automatically going to be different. And in my short, sweet lifetime that I've always looked forward to having a D45, my mind told me it was an East Indian Rosewood Sitka Dreadnought. This might be all something we could all laugh about in a couple of years, and maybe I acted a little bit too emotionally too quickly, but that set the clock in motion. And going from the nice gradual feeling I had becoming a dealer in 2003, thinking to myself, I can get a D45 anytime I want, there's no rush. I'll be honest with you guys, there was a little bit of an emotional rush to me to want to get one that was guaranteed to have a Sitka top. Now the joke's on me, if these next two or three years, every D45 we see, has Sitka, then I jumped the gun too quickly. But it really set everything in motion as far as what I wanted. And what I love about this D45 is it's a 2021. It has the solid Sitka spruce top. It has the East Indian Rosewood back and sides. And collected into that whole memory of what I think a D45 is, speaking about Martin guitars in current production, that's what I've always been looking for. So that's really the, the heart of what made me act so quickly. And it's a little bit funny because I just mentioned that to Lori and she said, well, that, that makes sense. You know, don't wait. You know, what if, what if in 10 years, we're not even a dealer anymore and we've retired and now you got to buy guitars at retail. What would you do then? And I said, Hey, I couldn't do that to you. You should let me buy one now at wholesale when they're still Sitka. <laughs> and we had a little bit of a laugh and it's, 
you know, I, I sort of could use the ammunition. I haven't done this to her every two years since 03. It's not like I continually ship guitars to customers all day long. And at the end of the week, I buy one for me. I haven't done this since we've been a dealer. So it was one of those things I built up lots of goodwill. And that's really what brought me to owning one at this stage. I, I certainly, you know, could make the argument. It could have happened earlier. And of course it could have waited, but I'm, I'm just so lucky uh, that I, I've just turned my dream into something real. And I've, I haven't really been separated from it. I play it every day. Well, that's a great story. It's a great story uh, about a great guitar. Like I said, I've heard it through the internet already. And, uh, I'm just very, very impressed with the three-dimensional tone and the power and the and the uh, deep down darkness of the rosewood and uh, you know the warmth of the Sitka and all that. And you know it's entirely possible since you brought it up that the Sitka spruce white spruce hybrid uh, called Lutz, that I think and I think in German it's Lutz uh, spruce is uh, may sound unrecognizably different from Sitka, but I totally understand why you would want what you have always imagined and what you've always played and what you've seen other people play. And, and there I've certainly experienced some absolutely wonderful D45s uh, made of Brazilian and, and Sitka spruce. So today's D45, as you pointed out, is made with Indian rosewood and, and a spruce top, and in your case, Sitka spruce top. Uh, for people who are not that familiar with the D45, it is the top of the line Martin guitar in the standard series. In the, uh, in the days um, before they had things like standard series and all there were were the basic standard models, the D45 was always the, the king of the hill. And we'll get more into uh, history of D45 later, but it's now the flagship of the standard series that sets the standard for what a top professional level flat top acoustic guitar should be. So what are the other specs uh, about the D45 and why is it considered the, the top of the line of the standard series? All right, let's get down to it. The specs of the D45, you can't argue with these folks. And if any of you guys are sneaking around, hiding in the bushes, ready to wave your mahogany flag, sit down. <laughs> this is time for Rosewood and you're gonna like it. The Rosewood D45 is solid East Indian Rosewood back and sides, solid Sitka spruce top, bound fingerboard, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous hexagon inlays. I know some people listening to this program prefer snowflakes. Hexagons are the way to go. Uh, got the beautiful C Martin F logo. I guess it's the block logo they call it on the headstock. And in short, it's just the D45 that I saw David Crosby, Graham Nash, Stephen Stills, Neil Young. When I look at this instrument, specs aside, it's that's what I think of as soon as I see it. But you make a good point. When we talk about specs, some people might be asking, in 2023, as we're recording this, how different is this guitar from a D42? You could even say D41, make the argument about HD28. Martin made the conscious effort in 2018 to reimagine the entire standard series. And with that, they brought all four of these guitars forward shifted scallop bracing. So four or five years ago, you could have made the argument that an HD28 sounds a little bit different from a D42, sounds different from a D45. And we can go into those differences as we go through the program. But the 2023 specs on the D45, it's forward shifted scallop bracing on the full dreadnought depth body. 
with that big cavernous East Indian rosewood sound chamber and the really warm, lush, syrupy, brothy spruce top. To me, it's really, it's just so thick and like gooey and just, <laughs> I... It's not a candy bar. <laughs> it's like a Snickers. <laughs> Stupid food analogies aside, it's just a really thick, punchy dreadnought tone. And do you have to go to the D45 to get these sounds? Not necessarily. I, you can make the argument, the 41 and 42, boy, they are, um, if you call them lesser guitars because of the cost, I suppose you'd have to, but they, they wouldn't be called lesser anything in any other argument. But the D45 is just the most ornate, big, filthy, nasty dreadnought sound you can get in the Martin Standard Series. It's just the specs, the specs don't lie. Well, I would, I'll agree with you, though, um, the way you describe it with that Indian Rosewood and Sitka, what I call the brothy, like, you know, it's, it's like, it's meaty, it's like a, you know, stew thickness to it. And, and yet at the same time, it is quite beautiful and quite pretty and, and has a great deal of shimmer in the voice and, um, and has an enormous amount of complexity in it. And, one of the things that does set it apart from the 42 and the 41 and the 28 is the pearl that you just referred to. It is a style 45 has that beautiful high colored abalone inlay, not just around the edge of the top and not just on the fretboard and the rosette, but it has it inlaid along the edge of the side and the back and the end block and the where the end pieces they call it, where the where the end pin goes, and the the V-shaped heel of the neck, where the neck can attaches to the body, and the 42 and the 45 share in common the fret insula, as I call it, the pearl that comes down around the fretboard and actually comes and melds with the rosette. Um, all just absolutely fabulous. Uh, the multicolored wood fiber uh, back strip that uh, has, yeah, has been associated with uh, Style 45 uh, for decades and uh, just a, uh, a gorgeous, a gorgeous, gorgeous thing. The other thing that sets the D45 apart is the woods. The woods themselves are the most top shelf, highest grade woods. Uh, up until modern times, they would call that grade eight. They might still call it grade eight at the factory, but. Uh, now they really just refer to premium and regular or premium standard woods. 42s and 45s get premium, but I'll flat guarantee you to this day at the factory, there will be spruce tops and rosewood backs and sides that the people who are grading the wood will say that's a 45. And it's just uh, some some really wonderful wood. Of course, they consider just cosmetic grading. I know that they grade based on color variation. They want as much even color. They want grain uh, evenness. Of course, these are all natural organic things, these solid wood plates. So you will have definitely have variation. And there's some argument to say that, you know, what you would have seen on a 45 in the early 70s will look more perfect than what you get today based on the natural resources availability. And, but you're still talking about the best, uh, highest grade wood that they uh, can offer you. 
um, solid ebony bridge and uh, fingerboard, usually uh, flawless. Those uh, big, juicy berries of uh, abalone, highly covered, highly colored abalone inlays, the hexagon inlays on the fretboard and the classic C Martin F headstock, as you mentioned, all absolutely lovely. And uh, 2018 uh, with the reimagined series, they went from a bright, stark white of a like plastic spoon to, uh, to antique white, which is a, I don't know if you would want to call it bluish or grayish off-white that is not quite so stark and was originally developed to um, give the look of the uh, bindings on Martins from like the 1940s, uh, 50s and 1960s. Um, so you have antique white binding and then you also now get open back golden tuners, vintage style tuners, where the earlier D45 pre-2018 had still had the uh, closed back tuners. And those tuners are reminiscent of the D45V from the Vintage series. And as a lot of people know, when they reimagined the Standard series, they brought over various specs from the Vintage series models, whether it was the HD28, the D18, the 00018, and so forth. And they did that with the D45 as well. So the, the, the two things that really came over from that uh, series were the open back vintage style tuners and the forward shifted bracing. That forward shifted scallop bracing it definitely makes a difference in, in that wonderful, lush, rumbly sound that we get out of your guitar. Um, the previous D28s were rear shifted and, and I always liked the sound of that. I, I liked the sound of rear shifted HD28s and D45s and D41s. Um, the D42 was always forward shifted bracing in the modern time, in modern era, but they brought the 41 and the 45 forward, as you said at the beginning of the program. And these guys together sound similar, but I'm one of the people who's thoroughly convinced the D45 with that abalone pearl inlaid around the sides and the back have something different going on. Uh, Stephen Stills famously said, on a television program, Nightline, when they were doing an expose on Martin Guitar and the creation of the Stephen Stills first signature model, he said that a guitar is a box that rattles and everything that you do to that guitar affects how beautifully it rattles. And one of the things they do with Style 45 is they inlay the pearl inside a trench and so you basically, they carve out a, what seems to us an extremely shallow little strip. But if you get down in the, into the, down, down into like microscope level, you're talking about a significant channel cut in to, let's say the spruce top that they do for most Martin guitars, right where it's connected to the sides by the cedar kerfing that's inside that it rests on. And that basically allows the top to be a little more flexible than a top that doesn't have that channel cut into it. Even when you then fill it in with other stuff, that spruce is thinner right where it's connecting at the end. And since they, it's like a diaphragm of a drum. And so that makes it a little more flexible, which should uh, result in greater resonance. And 
you take that and now you do it to the rosewood sides and the rosewood back. So they too will flex differently or more easily when contacted by sound waves. So I'm thoroughly convinced and I, and I discovered this long ago that the D45s sound different because of that. And years ago, I would go to guitar stores and I would play D28s, which I loved, and I would play D45s. And I noticed this consistent change. And I didn't necessarily like it. I mean, people accuse me on guitar forums of, you're just imagining it because it's so beautiful. I actually preferred the 28 sound because that's the sound that I grew up listening to. And that was the sound to me of what a Martin guitar should sound like. And there was something what I, that I used, that I now refer to as shimmer to it, um, which does, is evocative of the, the shiny pearl, I realize. But there is something in the voice when a chord sustains. When you first ring a chord and it's bouncing off the walls of the, of the room, all that stuff, there is just a little something extra. I know a friend of ours from Martinfest said that when he's at Martinfest and we're in rooms of people playing guitars, he said, I can always recognize a pearl uh, encrusted 45 when my back's turned. And, um, and I believe him. So I know as a dealer, you can't honestly say that. Martin will never, ever say anything about, about things like that uh, affecting tone. My question for people who don't believe it is why would it not? Um, when just, you, with just about anything you do to a guitar can, can affect its tone. So I envy you tremendously for the, uh, the opportunity to own such a guitar with such high level woods with the, uh, the modern version with the forge shifted scallop bracing and the open back tuners just uh just terrific just terrific well thank you and, and listening to you talk about all these specs does bring back a really good memory and maybe the lesson here is be patient good things come to those who wait back when i really really wanted a d45 even more than i did now they uh there were some different specs for sure i remember falling in love with alan's HD28V at the very first Martin Fest. I'm not sure if you mm. were in that circle, but a lot of people recognize like, why is Mari making those puppy dog eyes for that guy's guitar? He's not going to give it to him. <laughs> but the HD28V was my first encounter with forward shifted scallop bracing, East Indian Sitka, all the way back in 2002. And up until 2018, the D45 had a 1 and 11 sixteenths inch nut. So if I wouldn't have waited, I would have had a nut width that I don't necessarily prefer and I would have had a bracing that was different. Spoon, can you remember what the bracing was on a D45 before it was reimagined? Yes, yeah, they, they were, it had the same bracing as the HD28 in those days. So it had what they considered the, the modern bracing, which was a little forward from rear shifted bracing of the 1940s and 50s, and um, definitely farther away from the sound hole than the forward shifted bracing. So it's closer to the bridge plate, so the bridge plate area is let around the top is less flexible and it has a, a, a different sound to the bass and to the, and to the resonance itself. Um, it's really a combination of uh, extra resonance and really extra resonance of the bass frequencies. I've been happy with those kind of guitars, uh, the D45s from that era. I've played some that are wonderful. Um, Prior to that, the D45, when it was brought back in modern times, did not have scallop bracing originally. The scallop bracing came in in, I'm pretty sure, 1986. But by the era that you're talking about, they had scallop bracing, uh, standard series scallop bracing, but it was in, in the modern rear 
position and the HD28V would have had the forward shifted bracing that the Vintage series got, uh, which just, I think, just turns up the resonance and accentuates the, uh, what I call the undertone of the bass, not necessarily the bass notes per se. And yes, and I'm glad you pointed out the neck width because in, in 2018, with the Reimagined Standard series, the series was, was basically standardized to have the new modern high performance neck, which has a modified low oval profile and the high performance taper. So it's virtually identical to the neck you were describing that ended at 111/16th inch. They just cheat the, the area out down by the first three frets a little bit giving you a little more room down there for, for thumb fretting and for bar cording and for, you know, basic chords in general. And it's been a big success. Uh, it was controversial at the time, it, but what Martin was basically doing was moving to the industry standard because many, 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 many other dealers out there, makers of guitars had gone to a one and three quarter inch nut width, but that remained sleek up the neck. So it is uh, one and three quarter at the nut and two and an eighth at the twelfth fret. So by the time you get up to the twelfth fret, you're just like the old one eleven sixteenth inch neck. So sleeker, faster up the neck. Uh, the reason they went with the modified low oval it was because, according to Tim Teal and Scott Sasser, uh, that that was the number one request of people of the custom shop was to change from the low profile or the modified V neck to the modified low oval. And so they finally decided, uh, with Mr. Martin's approval, to make that the standard neck now for the standard series and almost every other guitar made in Nazareth, Pennsylvania and um, below uh, the standard series, uh, like the 16s, 17s and so forth. So you have the modern D45 that is uh, not entirely, ironically, still has some vintage D45 aspects to it. So very cool. Very cool indeed. It's funny you say Scott Sasser and Tim Teal. I was just down at Martin a couple of weeks ago with both of those guys in the custom shop. I told them the same story about the reason Lori let me get a D45 now was because you're changing huh. from guaranteeing Sitka Spruce to the possibility of Lutz. And they both at the same time laughed and said, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. You know, I don't, you talked about it. You jump in the gun. You may start playing some of these uh, Lutz D45s and say, wow, I could have had one of those. So, but from my understanding of it, they're extremely similar. So I am, um, you know, some people say that Lutz sounds a little more like Engelman, but it still has the, what's important is that it has the volume, the uh, attack ceiling and power of Sitka. And they're probably going to be interchangeable, but I don't blame you at all for wanting what you wanted to have. Um, you know, there have, there's been a number of D45s over the years, and some of them have all been just stamped D45 because of how it's changed. And others are because of models like D45V, uh, you know, and, and uh, other series and back before they had them corralled into series, uh, including, uh, including uh, signature models and all that. So it's really, uh, it's really a wonderful legacy. And frankly, you have, uh, I wouldn't say renewed my faith, but confirmed my faith in Martin making some of the best guitars they've ever made right here and now. Because again, you're, I was just so impressed with the sound 
of that guitar when you were playing it on your Martin versus Martin. So I highly recommend people go there after they listen to this podcast and listen to that guitar in that wonderful, deep, full, powerful, complex, beautiful tone. I mean, Mario wants to call it dirty and nasty. It certainly can growl and get down, but it's also just uh, uh, quite angelic. But maybe it's one of those angels with a big flaming sword in its hand because it's a, it is a powerhouse uh, of uh, thank you of tone. You know, part of the attraction to do this episode was Colin asking us to speak about this stuff. And I remember reading an email from him. He made a good point and is curious about the Mike Longworth connection here. What can you tell us, Spoon, about when they went away and how they came back? I'll go back to begin with Style 45. Uh, the first Style 45s weren't actually Style 45. They were style. They were 0042 Special. That was a 12-fret 00. I meant to look this up, 1905, 1909. I think the first one may have been made in 1902 even. Uh, 12 fret double O, uh, style 42 was the fanciest pearl ornate guitar at the time. And uh, this one had extra pearl and it also had a mandolin, like an Italian mandolin pickguard under the strings, big decorative tortoiseshell pickguard with this extremely ornate, uh, I don't know if you would call it a Rococo design in uh and in beautiful pearl and you know with the pearl on the back and sides and so uh frank henry martin or somebody uh working for him had made the decision that they were going to move into doing that with other guitars and then the first 45s started showing up jumped to 1933 well i guess 1931 was when martin started making the Dreadnought and selling it under its own brand. They had been making big 12-fret Dreadnoughts since the teens, but they were sold exclusively through the Ditson Guitar Company. And so they're making their own Dreadnoughts, and the very famous uh, superstar of that time, Gene Autry, the cowboy singer and actor, asked Mr. Martin to make him uh, one of those new giant guitars, because Dreadnoughts, you have to remember, were totally dwarfing everything else that Martin had been putting out under their own brand. So in 1933, uh, Gene Autry had the first official D45 made with his name in script up the fretboard. And they ultimately made a, a, a wonderful uh, Indian Sitka commemoration model years ago. And uh, I know one of them existed in the Gene Autry Museum, which is sadly closed, but but, uh, and I know somebody who owns one who, who absolutely loves it. That was the first D45. The um, country star named, uh, let me see, let me see, let me see if I can remember what his name is. Um, I was gonna say- Kenny Chesney. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> no, Jackie Kidmore <laughs> also had a, a uh, 12 fret D45 made. And then they started making the 14 fret D45s. Now, these first D45s had a snowflake inlay on them, what Style 45 had always had up until that time, across the 20s and 30s, and when you're talking about the 0045s and, and, and those kind of guitars. And the original OM45 Deluxe uh, had that as well. The D45 had that, I think, only for the first year and then moved to the hexagons. The hexagons came from 
Martin's at the time, their most expensive guitar was the F9, which was one of their jazz archtop guitars. Those jazz archtop guitars cost more than the flat tops. So it was really the top of the line in the 1930s. And they took that block headstock, the CF, C Martin F, pearl headstock, and the hexagon inlays and moved it over onto the M45 and the D45, the big 14-fret wondrous D45. Originally, the D45s weren't considered uniquely special, so they just used the same wood they were using for the 28s. Um, but not long into that, they realized what they were onto, and that's when they started saving the best wood for style 45 guitars. Um, and there were other uh, stars that had them. They only made a total of 91 D45s. And when they were retired in 1939, the onset of the Second World War and the austerity that was happening. And only, as far as I know, only three of them were 12 fret guitars. There's uh, multiple D45 S guitars. One of them was 12 fret, but the S didn't mean standard body size 12 fret back then, it made, meant special order. So there are two that were made with an extra wide top, which was ultimately uh, recreated as an authentic series model. One of those two had an extra, uh, a deeper body. And then they also had made one left-handed D45. And I've only gotten to see a couple of these D45s in real life. And they're, they're you know, they're awesome. They're absolutely awesome. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the one at the museum is uh, a fine example. And that was from, that one's from 1942. So I guess they ended, I'm sorry, not in 39. 39 is when they changed the neck, neck width. In 1942 were the last D45s made. And then all the Pearl went away. There were no more 40s, 41s, 42, well, 41 didn't exist then. No more 42s, no more 45s. In those days, the 42 was totally different than the modern 42. It had uh, didn't have the same number of fret markers. They had snowflake fret markers that started at the fifth fret. They looked, they looked very different from the modern style 42s. So now we jump to people really asking Martin to bring back pearl trim. And a lot of big singing stars in Nashville and other places were paying artisans to take their Martin D45, or in some cases even a D35, and embellish it with pearl inlay to various degrees of, of audaciousness and sometimes ugliness even, but some of it looked really <laughs> great. And some of them were, you know, some of these people were, you know, wonderful artisans. And one of them was Mike Longworth, uh, who was down in, in Tennessee doing this. And so Martin hired him to come back to Martin in 1968 to inlay two prototype guitars, uh, dreadnoughts. Uh, these were still, uh, they were still using Brazilian rosewood at that time. The old, the uh, pre-war 45s were all Brazilian rosewood with Adirondack red spruce tops. The 1968 and 69 D45s have Brazilian rosewood back and sides and European spruce tops. They called it German spruce in those days. That actually meant that it was purchased from a, a dealer in West Germany. There's no way for them to know whether it was Swiss Alpine spruce or Italian Alpine spruce. Uh, it's possible it could have been German, but as I understand it, um, instrument grade wood was basically, had been completely cut out just like Adirondack was in the United States because it's, it's a unique uh, 
strength and cross grain properties made it very good for struts in airplanes and gliders and stuff of which those countries made zillions. Um, there is a rumor that it was actually East German spruce that was illegally uh, smuggled from uh, the other side of the Iron Curtain. And uh, there is some credence to that. It definitely was available for sale in New York City in those days. So it's possible the uh, uh, European spruce on those D45s was technically actually German spruce. So um, the, uh, the major difference between the D45 from 1942 and Michael Longworth's D45 was a suggestion made by, I used to know this guy's name, uh, somebody who helped and was a, a you know helped make those guitars, and that is the end block. The the pearl around the end block is a true rectangle with uh, with pearl uh, you know all the way around, and that makes it different from a pre-war D45, so that people could not try to distress a modern day D45 and change the tutors or whatnot and try to sell it as a pre-war D45. Oh, wow. And Martin's, yeah, Martin likes to do that. They will do little subtle things like that uh, when it comes to uh, particularly 45s. And sometimes they don't mention what it is, but they know what it is. And they probably didn't mention that either. I think other people just know what they're talking about, figured that out. So the D45 then switched to Indian Rosewood in 1970. And there's rumors that some Brazilian got over into 1970, but that's as far as we know is not true at all. I do not have the date of when they switched to Sitka, but it was around that time, shortly thereafter. Uh, for the top, uh, these guitars were made with straight braces. They did not have scallop bracing. Uh, neither did the D42 when it first came out. When uh, Not that long afterwards, uh, they people were asking for, uh, well, two things happened. One is people were asking for the snowflakes of the early, early D45s. And so, uh, Mike Longworth offered the suggestion of why don't we make a new guitar that has the snowflakes of a pre-war D45, uh, but not put the pearl on the back and sides so that it'd be more affordable and will be definitely different from the 45s and keep the 45 special. And that was then renamed the D42 because Style 42 was long ago retired and that made sense to them. The D41 followed later on, and that was another attempt to offer Pearly Martin similar to the D45, but not as special. And it had lower grade woods, they're still higher than style 28 and 35 woods. It also had hexagons that, at first they left the hexagon off of the first fret, and then they changed it and went with smaller hexagons. So the D41 has always had smaller hexagons. It also does not have pearl around the fret insula. But they were still very similar to the D45 in that they had rear shifted or modern, you know, modern shifted non-scallop bracing. And I'm pretty sure the D45 went to scallop bracing in 1986. Uh, these all had the 1 and 11 16th inch necks. They would have been thicker necks. They also had large maple bridge plates, and uh, which changes the sound, so they have a unique sound. And, um, and that would include the modern D, uh, you know, those modern Brazilian D45s have big maple uh, rosewood bridge plates, so don't let anybody tell you that it ruins the sound of a Martin guitar. Maura and I are quite <laughs> familiar with one of those Brazilians that used to be owned by David Soule, the actor, and was bought by a Martin Fest friend of ours. 
And uh, Tim Perry, <laughs> I think if he had been in U uh, if he had been in Las Vegas, he would have uh, or Reno, he would have tried to marry it. But uh, <laughs> but it was uh, so. This is the, so quickly. We're coming up to what became the modern D45. So you so the D45 became the top of the line. Everybody wanted one. Uh, lots and lots of. I mean, Jimi Hendrix had one. So uh, everybody wanted a D45, and they did come out with a D45 SS, I think it was called, which is a uh, 12 fret with extra pearl around the headstock and stuff. And uh, I, we have a, a good friend, Martin Fest friend, who owns one of those. Um, and they have a paddle headstock. They have a modern headstock instead of a instead of the uh, slotted headstock. So, and there have been various special D45s that have come out over the time, but the main one, the one that is now considered the standard series, uh, remained the top of the line. I'm blanking out now, but I bet you listeners on Facebook and YouTube uh, versions of this podcast will start just popping out people who own D45s. It is true that Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young all bought one from those first batches, that first batch of production. Stephen Stills, of course, being the guru that uh, can turn them all on to the pre-war. Pre-war Martins, he owns a 1939 D45, and as well as other ones. Uh, his signature model was uh, was really the first time Martin tried to make a recreation of a pre-war guitar. And, and the, you know, there's plenty of things that are different from that in a real pre-war, uh, you know, D45, but they're still absolutely fantastic guitars. Then they came out with the D45, Golden Era, which uh, first came out with D45V, Vintage Series, V-neck, one in 11 16th inch V-neck, Sitka, uh, forward shifted Sitka, Snowflakes, that's the guitar that was then evolved into Mario's guitar, uh, changed the neck, put on the hexagons, changed the binding from grain to ivoroid to antique white, and put on the uh, vintage tuners. But in terms of the, the real guts, that forward shifted scallop bracing, uh, is what really drives that engine. So I have to say right here and now, stop the presses. We're not going to go any farther until we discuss the D45 Modern Deluxe. Our friend Colin in England, who recommended this topic, is a huge fan of the Modern Deluxe series. And he's also a huge fan of the D45 and the D45 Modern Deluxe just came out in 2022. And I think it's entirely possible that it's only a matter of time, no pressure, Colin, no pressure, <laughs> before the twain shall meet in his hands. A D45 Modern Deluxe just might have to be in his future. Oh man, if I'm being really honest, that's the one guitar that might make me regret having a D45 not modern deluxe that thing is amazing absolutely true i have to say you know we knew it was coming we finally then get to see it at the martin museum when i was doing my video shoot and uh, it just exceeded all of my expectations modern deluxe of course has uh the, the very special features um, we can kind of ping pong back and forth i'll start with the uh, carbon fiber bridge plate that has two thin pieces of carbon fiber over top and underneath a piece of uh, VTS torrified Adirondack spruce is being used for the, the bridge plate. Um, that's a, a very cool feature. Basically, it's going to preserve that bridge plate forever. 
uh, protected by that carbon fiber from the ball ends of the strings. Um, what's another uh, fancy feature on the modern deluxe series? Well, if you think having a VTS piece of Adirondack sandwiched in the bridge plate, how about the whole top? The VTS Sitka is my favorite part of the Modern Deluxe series, and it's a little bit hard to dissect because you can't take a Modern Deluxe and take the bridge plate away, take other things away. But I think the fact that that top is VTS Sitka really, really makes that thing sing. What else do you know about the Modern Deluxe? Well, you, you're going to talk about the Sitka top, which, by the way, uh, as everybody's been uh, told, the tops could be Sitka or they could be Lutz or Lutz spruce in the future. Very similar to, to Sitka, it's a hybrid, natural hybrid of Sitka and white spruce um, that a lot of people love. So Martin's gonna start using that interchangeably even on the modern deluxe series it looks like. But I'm gonna jump to the underside of the top because of the golden era style scalloping on the Adirondack spruce bracing that is supporting that spruce top. Um, that is, uh, that was designed for the old Golden Era series. It has more scalloping to it that's take away more wood than the standard scalloping that you get out of the uh, standard series to, to increase flexibility and resonance. Next. We're not out of specs yet. My garden variety D45 came with crappy plastic bridge pins until our pal Marshall Fleischer birthday gifted me an awesome set of ivory pins from our other friend, Dave Musselwhite. This is the name dropping part of the show if you haven't recognized <laughs> it yet. But I think the Lux Bridge Pins, liquid metal pins in the modern Deluxe D45 are the next awesome feature that we cannot forget to talk about. Yeah, liquid metal is a brand name for a, a man-made type of metallic glass. It actually has the molecular structure of, a of some kind of glass, but it's still metal and uh, what's so cool about this is it allows energy to pass through the material with no dampening effects. So you're not losing any of the energy from the strings because of the bridge pins. And it increases, noticeably increases volume and noticeably increases sustain of the fundamental note. Not just the sustain of like letting a chord ring out, but the actual note as you hit it stays at its peak volume uh, just a little bit longer and long enough to be noticeable. And there is such a rich, complex tone coming out of this D45 that's similar, but also different from the regular D45. It's got the pearl on the back sides and top high color abalone trim that you expect from a D45 and, and around the end pin box and, and where the neck heel joins the body, the V of the neck is uh, of that heel has the, the pearl trim it has the beautiful early 1930 and pre-1930 style 45 snowflakes. And each one of those snowflakes and diamonds and cat's eyes is lined, outlined in pure argent white mother pearl, which is a beautiful effect, just really stunning. And then the, the headstock faceplate is a pre-1930s style 45 torch. And the last time that was used on Martins was in 1930, uh, and it was used on the OM45 Deluxe. And it is also outlined in the Mother of Pearl. So really stunning look. And uh, that goes along with the neck shape that was taken from the 1930 OM45 Deluxe in the Martin Museum. The very, uh, you almost can't call it a V because it's a very low V 
and it has this amazing asymmetrical shape to it this very subtly adds more uh, meat to the to the base side coming from the V down to the fingerboard and a faster slope to the treble side and it fits right in the nook of, nook of your hand just beautifully but it also has a modern feel to it that it doesn't get thick as you go up the neck it stays low and that's that's thanks to the modern truss rod and also the modern neck heel which is much smaller than a 30 style heel so uh, incredibly comfortable neck uh, got the high performance taper so you have the one and three quarter inch at the nut two and an eighth at the 12th fret so it is a uh, it's got to be my favorite martin neck shape now and it's currently only available on modern deluxe guitars or custom shop orders but uh, quite a piece of work and like uh, mari said you know he has this spectacular d45 but the d45 modern deluxe is indeed a modernized version of the d45 and also uh you know super deluxe version really cool and i'll admit it now that we're talking about the modern deluxe version of my favorite martin d45 I'm a little bit bummed, but I'm not because I'm a very liquid metal bridge pin, metallic glass, half full kind of person. <laughs> well said, well said. Let's pause for a moment and listen to a sound sample. This is the Martin D45. Let's see, I'll just say one more. Are they John Mayer, D45, Engelman's Spruce Top? Uh, fantastic guitar. And I know David Crosby owns more than one, so he probably has the, you know, the Brazilian one with the German top, but I'm pretty sure he has others. I'm trying to think who was I most recently saw playing when I can't think right now, but plenty of D45s out there. And, you know, they they have been a status symbol, but they're not just a status symbol. They're not just the Cadillac or the Mercedes the Rolls-Royce of Martins. They really stand up to their reputation. A good friend of mine in New York City has an old friend, a former neighbor, or maybe an apartment building neighbor, who's an airline pilot who has a D45 from 1981 or something like that. And it's just so, so three-dimensional and just has developed over the years and seasoned into just one chord uh, spectacular Technicolor Dreamcoat kind of sound. And so, so Mario has something to look forward to in his old age. So uh, can you think of any uh, D45s <laughs> off the top of your head that uh, special, unique sing signature models? Of, or did I run through them all? 
Well, you, you hit most of the ones that I would have said. I'm, I'm certainly in the CSNY camp. Uh, you reminded me of the John Mayer. I did forget about him. And I'm actually remembering more back channel stories of our friends uh, at Martinfest than actual, uh, you know, famous people. But for better or worse, my mind always goes right to Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. And when I think of the D45, I think of David Crosby. And then before I think of other artists, I start humming David Crosby songs. So I'm not going to be a lot of help. But into other genres, I know one of my favorite guitar players that I almost never mentioned, Ry Cooter. I've seen some videos with him. Eric Johnson. I know he's the Strat Ooh, guy, yeah. but there's been some good good uh, YouTube videos of him with a probably a pretty recent D45, or at least not a, I don't think that's like a 30s D45, but Ry Cooter would be one, Eric Johnson, Marty Stewart, I think. I'm not a country guy, but I, that sort of rings a bell. Marty Stewart actually owns Hank, the one that is reputedly owned by Hank Williams. I'm not sure if there's any uh, photographic proven, provenance of Hank Williams playing a D45 that I can remember off the top of my head, but it's, he has Hank Sr.'s D45. Um, and I think of country music, Harlan Howard is a name that a lot of people don't know, but he was a Hall of Fame songwriter and actually made a very comfortable living as a song doctor. And the biggest stars you could possibly imagine would pay a fee to go visit him and have him help them with their song they were working on or tweak their song. And when you came into his office, uh, in the waiting area for his office, or you, I guess, came into his office when he wasn't there and you were sat down in this chair that was lower than his desk, so he looked down on you, and a uh, comfy <laughs> chair. But on either side of you was a Gibson J200 and a Martin D45 that you got to play in his office. And that was, you know, the status symbols of where he was in the world. So, uh, Harlan, I definitely think about... Uh, Travis Tritt had some kind of custom D45, I know. And James Taylor uh, is supposedly uh, had a custom D45 made for him. And Roger Waters, I know, uh, of Pink Floyd Ooh. owns a D45. And I'm pretty sure that the uh, the rock, uh, Hard Rock Cafe, I think that's where Jimi Hendrix is, is out in Seattle. I think that's oh, wow. where uh, Jimi Hendrix D45 resides. I just thought of Tom Petty, too. Oh, oh, well, I, that's one on me. I don't think I knew that he had a D45. A lot of, so there's lots of people you'll see that have D41s, and that doesn't mean they didn't own a D45, but they would take the D41 on stage. And George Jones was famous for a D41 and Dan Fogelberg, stuff like that. But that's not, again, it's not the same thing. The D45 is definitely on a pedestal all its own. And, uh, and I'm sure there's many others out there that people would be able to, to point out uh, owners of D45s not to mention, you know, private players and players that don't necessarily want to advertise that they own a top of the line Martin sitting in their home. But, but I, you know, I guess I think of Neil Young, you know, David Crosby, you know, Neil Young, same thing. Neil Young, again, this is the Brazilian German straight braced one, but it's, it's such a big part of his sound, uh, just like his 30s D28, which is sounds much deeper and, and richer and more, you know, deeply roasted coffee kind of rosewood sound <laughs> to uh, with its Adirondack spruce and its forward shifted scallop bracing and its and, and the high glue construction, all that stuff and the extra years on it uh, sound quite different from his D45, which is sounds uh, brighter and more mirrored and, and uh, shimmery, but uh, still one of, you know, say it's a for me growing up and stuff. That's a, a quintessential sound. So once again, you and I are on the same page when it comes to that kind of stuff, because 
because of the music that we listen to. Um, I should have said Jackson Brown when it came to the D41, speaking of the music that we listen to. Um, yeah, he has a cool, he has a great D41 sunburst I've seen on stage, and I've, uh, I've ogled that as well. If I wasn't going to get this, that was going to be plan B. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I'm glad you could pull it off. Um, they are, <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderful guitar. You know, I've been lucky and I'm going to Martin Fest and got to do a night where I was chosen to be the person to A, B for a whole bunch of people, the Stephen Stills and the D45 Golden Era which was also Adirondack, four-shifted Adirondack, and a big, big, they both of them had big three, one and three-quarter inch V-necks. Uh, that was a, a, a certainly a treat, but also anytime I get to play somebody's D45 is, uh, is uh, I feel extremely fortunate. And maybe someday when Mari gets an important phone call and sets his on the stand and he's not looking. Um, <laughs> No phone call is that important. I'll take off my big bejeweled Timex. And <laughs> I don't actually own one of those, but uh, I'll get to play uh, Mari's D45. Well, true or false, I, I was in the custom shop a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about you. And the way that Tim Teal said your name made me think that you were in there pretty recently, too. When are we going to see the D43 and the D44? <laughs> Um, well, the D44 would not have any pearl on it at all. Style 44 means everything that a 45 gets, but very simple, uh, woody inlay. So I don't know if we'll ever see a D44 unless somebody, I'm sure the custom shop has done exactly that for people in the past. A D43, uh, I don't know why, but that sounds like some sort of, uh, K-ration from World War II. Yeah, I have a case of D43 if anybody wants that spam. But, uh, but uh, just give me the powdered eggs. You can have well, they, I'm at D41, D42. They skip right to D45. I'm glad they did, but I don't understand why. Well, a lot of these, a lot of those uh, style names came and went over the years. So, so there probably was a style 43 at some point, um, though maybe not. There's possibly they did sk actual skip certain numbers. At the time they came out with 45, the 44 already existed. That was top shelf woods, but without, without anything uh, pearly on it. That was made for um, a famous uh, a woman guitarist who was also a famous teacher. And that's what she wanted. And that's what uh, she also sold guitars to her students. And uh, Vida Alcott Bickford is her name. But uh, so the 44s were originally made. Oh, you're serious. Yeah, were originally made for her. And, hmm. um, and Lawrence Juber, one of his signature models was a 44 because he wanted, they wouldn't let him have top shelf wood unless he got a 45 and he didn't want Pearl. He wanted the blank fingerboard. That's what it was. He, to get a blank fingerboard, his guitar had to be called a 44 if it was going to have level 45 woods. And um, so they still do that. They still hold to that tradition. I'm not, I would have to look up in a book to see if there was ever a style 43, but there probably was at one time. And that's probably why they went with 45 when they went super fancy. Well, before I go throwing numbers around, making jokes about this, I have to remember who I'm dealing with. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, <laughs> so yes. Um, but that's just like Tim to enjoy a joke at my expense. <laughs> <laughs> It was pretty good. Ramin looked over at the wall, and there's a lot of guitars in the custom shop that are hanging up backwards. And he said to Tim, hey, this Mari guy, can you trust him? And Tim said, yeah. And he said, 
you know, like compared to Spoon, like, is he as trustworthy as Spoon? And Tim's like, yeah. And I said, is that a compliment? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I thought. Oh. And then nothing happened. After that, nothing was shown to anybody. <laughs> I know nothing. I see nothing. Um, <laughs> though I have to say, I'm now throwing down a gauntlet because Ramin has not been on this show. And uh, I think it's time we, you know, it'd be a good opportunity now with Nam coming up to maybe invite him to come on the show after Nam to talk about some of the project he was directly involved in and, and you know, and to get, give people an idea of his, uh, of his history with the company and all the great things that he's done at Martin Guitar. I think that'd be really great. I couldn't agree more, and off the record, on the record, I did remind him, so he's certainly going to make an appearance soon. And Spoon, I have to ask you, how impressed would you be? We've done so many podcasts. Every week we do our very best. How awesome would it be if we stop right here, and this ends up being a 45-minute episode? <laughs> I like the way you think. Um, so, yes, a nice 45-minute episode for 45 wonderful things styles one way or the other that led up to style 45 and the modern d45 flagship of the martin guitar line now the only trick is i don't know if this is 45 minutes until we edit it so don't laugh if we're off the mark <laughs> <laughs> i will if we're at d43 then you know what i was shooting for the whole time but from all of us at mari's music including my d45 thanks for listening Hear you later. This has been a presentation of Maury's Music, your trusted source for Martin and Blue Ridge guitars. Find us online at maurysmusic.com. Music.com.